Welcome to What She Said. My name is Candace Sampson, and when I first took over What She Said in January 2020, I jokingly asked in the intro, what could possibly go wrong? And then 2020 said, let me show you. My life has been a country song ever since, but then again, so is everyone else's right now. Thankfully, through this podcast, I get to meet the most amazing women in Canada and around the globe and share their stories with you. What She Said is here to talk about anything and everything under the sun as interpreted by and through the perspective of women. Because honestly, we've heard what he said for long enough. If you like what you hear, be sure to hit subscribe and share this podcast with a friend. Today's show is coming right up. Perhaps one of the most profound realizations I've had in my life came to me during this next interview. Resilience is not something that suddenly appears after a traumatic event, but rather it's a skill that must be worked on daily in preparation for the traumatic events we will eventually endure. Although it's defined as a noun, resilience, I've now realized, is a verb It's an action we must consciously pursue. Mind blown. I am so grateful to have met Kimberly Black, my next guest, who less than a year ago was assaulted and left for dead and is now helping women find their resilience with her Be Positive initiative. And no, this is not toxic positivity. Listen And then be sure to follow along with Kimberly on all her channels to help master resilience in your own life. Hi, Kimberly. Thanks so much for joining me today. Thank you for having me. I really appreciate it. I I have to tell you, it's I who feels honored. I read your story and I was uh, so moved um, by your story and so honored that you were willing to speak to me about it. So if we could... You know, um, unfortunately, violence against women is just every day and sometimes stories get lost in the news. So for those that yeah. don't know your story, maybe you could give us the, um, the, the abbreviated version, I guess. Sure, sure. Um, at the at the end of July uh, 2020, I think it was July 28th, um, I went for a walk in the evening at about eight o'clock. Uh, it was still light out. And my husband and I have like um, a a route that we follow. So I followed the same route that we've done many times, but I was alone this time. Um, So towards the end of my walk, um, I passed by a small patch of trees. And it's, it's an area that I never really paid attention to before, to be honest. And it's on a main road that dozens of people drive, walk and run on every single day. Anyway, so as I uh, approached this patch of trees and started walking past it, um, I guess uh, someone had been following me the entire route and quickly approached me, uh, hit me really hard on the back of the head, and um, I was rendered unconscious. And then uh, he dragged me into the woods Um and there uh, assaulted me in many ways, um, basically uh, pulverized my, my jaw, for lack of a better word, uh, uh, kicked me, punched me, whatever, in the ribs. I had fractured ribs. Um, anyways, 
lots of beating <laughs> took place and then um, left me for dead uh, there in, in, uh, in the treat area. Um, it was in a creek. There was a creek there. So I spent, I think, the following 13 hours um, missing in the creek bed, uh, partially in the water, which apparently was protective to uh, help my brain not to um, um, uh, swell up to a, to a fatal extent. So in some respects, that was good. Um, anyway, so I was not found until the following morning. So for the whole night, my my husband and my my son and the police were looking for me with the helicopter and the canine unit and dozens of police officers. Anyway, so that led me down a, an interesting path, to say the least. Um, I was I ended up being taken to St. Mike's um, ICU um, that was there for, I think, about three, three weeks. The first week I was in a coma uh, where I awaited surgery on my, on my jaw. Um, I was deemed to have global brain damage when they first brought me there, but it, it turns out right before surgery, they did another test on my brain and I didn't have brain damage, which was awesome. Um, anyways, and then for the following <clears throat> couple of weeks, I, I re regained consciousness, I guess you could say that that one month, I don't really have much of a memory of. And then from there, I was transferred to, um, to a rehab, a brain injury rehab, where I stayed for the next uh, month or so. Um, yeah, so I came home the middle of September. And I've just been working on getting better since then. Okay, so there's a few. There's just so much in here that I, I I don't know where to begin with. So let's let's start with with I think what every woman listening to this is thinking. Mm -hmm. You were walking in your neighborhood, yeah, well lit, where you should be. Yep, a stranger assaulted yes. you. That's correct. A this is this is literally every woman's worst nightmare. Uh, now you do not have a memory of this though. I, I don't. And it's, it's an interesting thing to talk about because while I don't have a conscious memory of the beating and the, the sexual assault and, and those types of things, I do remember, like subconsciously, for sure, I remember, but my body remembers. And every single day, I'm reminded of what happened. So, you know, like dealing with the, the surgery and the after effects of the surgery to my face, the nerve damage to my face, the, the uh, weird muscles problems that I had, that I have, um, uh, uncomfortableness sleeping. Anyways, I won't go into all of my, all my ailments, but my body remembers. And because of that, I'm conscious of it, but luckily I don't remember the actual act of being attacked. Now, the man who assaulted you, you yeah. obviously then could not identify. How I, did they catch this person? Well, I have to say, and I would definitely advocate this for anybody who's in the position to do so, there are lots of camera footage from the path that I followed because um, I take a main road first and that the, the camera footage from the actual police station 
caught the first video image of him. It wasn't very clear. Um, but anyways, then the route I followed was on, um, you know, people's driveways were there. So the police went door to door and asked for um, any security camera footage that neighbors had. And it, it turns out that there's lots of video footage and they, they have him following me the entire way. So if it wasn't for that video footage, who knows if he would have been found. So my, my message behind that would be is if you have a home and um, access or the ability to get a security camera, do it, not just for your own protection, but for the protection of others. Do you struggle with his why? <laughs> kind of. I, I, it's really interesting you should ask that question because he's the same age as my son, basically. And I've, I've often thought, you know, because I don't remember it, uh, him specifically doing that, I don't feel um, anger. Um, I guess you could say I feel anger about how what he did impacted my life and like my husband and my son and my family. I feel anger that way, but not, not directly to, to him, I guess you could say like what I would like to do is sit in front of him and say, why did you do this? Why did you ruin your life? And, and what's interesting is like, maybe he hates women. I don't know, but if he had been, if we had a crossed paths, like he walked towards me and I walked towards him for sure. I would have made eye contact, smiled and said, hello, you know, but he doesn't know me. He doesn't know what kind of person I am. So it was just a really, really bad decision on his part. And I, and I do wonder why. And, and uh, there's a lot of questions I have that I won't have the answers to until the, the case is resolved because I'm not allowed to know at this point that the, the, um, the, the crown says you're going to fill out of the loop a lot, <clears throat> but you can know everything once it's resolved. So who knows when that will be. If given the opportunity, do you think you would, would, would face him and ask him um, if I was given the opportunity, potentially, I, I would. The, the only thing I would say is that um, someone who, who acts in such a way, I, I don't know how rational <laughs> of a person they actually are. So I don't know that there would be any point. Right. Um, and and what's it, what will it ultimately do? You know, like it doesn't change anything. Um, but I mean, I, I, I am curious, uh, but, but I don't know. We'll, 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 uh, we'll see. Cause I know there's rehabilitative kind of initiatives. Right. Um, but the impression I have is that rehabilitation of this individual is not, not likely, but I, I don't know. So, all right, then let's, let's, let's move away from, from sure. him. I, I want to talk about, I want to note this because I think this is important. This happened in July, July 28th of 2020. Correct. It is April 2021. We have not hit one year yet. No. You have been at the forefront talking about this now. Uh, I went and looked up and I can see you talking about this to the media uh, early fall about yes. your experience. And um, th that to me is incredible. So this is the real purpose of this podcast is to focus in and, and really hone in on this resilience you've tapped into. 
where does that come from? <laughs> you know, that is, that is the, like, what do you call it? The magic question. Um, I'm, I'm, currently uh, in the process of writing a book. I think uh, you may have may have heard of that. Um, because one of the things I, I want to share is, is kind of, I guess, my, my life, what I feel maybe contributed to my resilience. But at the same time, I have a huge question mark in my head. Why am I okay? I don't know why, you know, so I want to study resilience. I, I want to um, like with my be positive message messaging, which we talk about um, is, is share messages of resilience and positivity and hope and, and try and find those little, those little nuggets of wisdom uh, that women can use for themselves, but also that we can instill in, in young women, you know, because, it's really, it's a question mark to me. And, and actually, I had applied to a PhD program, uh, psychology, forensic psychology. I wasn't, wasn't accepted, unfortunately, this year. But one of my purposes was to study at an academic level uh, resilience, like what contributes to women's resilience to endure different things. So I'm, I'm interested to see what the future of my be positive messaging and the interviews with women, what will be revealed about resilience? Because I just simply don't know why I'm okay. I don't. Because I think a lot of women would genuinely, not even a year later, still be grappling with, with coming forward to talk about it publicly, uh, you know, dealing with a huge aftermath of this in, in all of their relationships, uh, internally struggling with it. And there would be no shame in that. There, yeah. Nobody would judge anybody still dealing with this. So, which is why I'm so drawn to your story, because I think that you can bring great lessons for people um, who fall apart you know, maybe for much smaller events in their life, uh, you know, so do you, do you practice things? Do you meditate? Do you practice mindfulness? Are there, are there things that you do that, that help you find this center you draw on? Uh, most definitely. And, and it's not anything new, I, I guess I could say my my habits before this. Um, one, I walked almost every day, and almost any woman, unless you're physically unable, can do that. Just get some exercise. I'm not a gym person. I don't like doing all that reps and stuff, but I love to walk and I love to dance. So anything that kind of uh, makes you release dopamine and, and find happiness that way. So that's that's one thing. Um, I don't I don't consume a lot of of alcohol and sugar, and I, I say that because our bodies are you know our temple, I guess you could say, like how we treat our bodies impacts how we endure things. So I've often, I've often thought in my head, you know, one of the takeaways from this is to re reiterate the importance of being physically healthy, like taking care of yourself, not being extreme. Cause let me, let me say, I enjoy my glass of wine here and there um, actually every weekend, but anyway, so, but, but, 
being very protective of your health because if ever you're put in a, a traumatic situation, like even say a car accident, um, if your body is already generally healthy, it won't be competing against resources to to manage trauma too, if that makes any sense. So so um, exercise, healthy healthy habits. Um, another thing, I guess you could say, I meditate, but not in. Um, um, more in a way, like in the mornings, I get up and I have coffee and I read or I think I just sit there and think, you know, I reflect on things. So, you know, those those are the kind of things I do every day. I, I also have a very, very healthy relationship with my with my husband and uh, and my son where we're, uh, we all get along really well. And I think that helps too. And if you don't have a good relationship, for instance, with your husband, um, you know, if you at least have one relationship with one person that can be um, protective for you, someone that you can, you can share your ideas with and just kind of decompress. Um, so beyond that, I, there's really not a lot else I do. I mean, I, I've, I've worked on my education, I've taught, you know, there's a lot of things that are just part of my personality, and perhaps they're protective. Um, well, but, I was just and, thinking, as you were saying all yeah. of these things, you know, not that we want to prepare for traumatic events right. in our life, uh, you know, but life happens. Yes. And the better, the more you do to build up things, you know, in your everyday life, the better you are if something does happen, right? So it's really almost prevention. You know, we Correct. talk about preventing, uh, you know, disease and, and illness and things like that. But this is also a barrier to protect us against uh, these crazy things that happen in our world, right? And we, I, I think we all know the world can be crazy. Absolutely. And, and, I, and you nailed it because it's really just, it's preventative measures that you can take and they don't have to be extreme. They really don't. You don't have to be a yoga guru to have, you know, a peace of mind. You just, just need to be mindful of certain daily, daily things that you can do to, to help yourself. And that's a lot of lifestyle related. I'd, I'd almost say like just trying to be mindful of your health, what you put in your body, what you do with your body. And I'm guessing that those things really helped me because um, lying unconscious in a creek bed overnight for, I guess, 13 hours, I was there. And, and then once they found me, I, I had four cardiac arrests before I was flown to uh, St. Mike's. And I, none of the medical teams, none of the first responders even know why I'm alive. And, and even in, at the hospital before I was taken to the ICU, um, they thought they lost me. And then a nurse said, no, no, I feel, I feel a pulse. I feel a pulse. So they brought me back again, you know, like just they, there's no, no, what, no one knows why I'm even alive. But all in my head, I, I can just think, you know, maybe your body, you took care of your body enough that it protected you, I guess, you know? So if, if at all, just, just be mindful of that, just the little things you can do to protect yourself. Now you mentioned, you know, getting outside every yes. day. Now yes. you were attacked outside. <laughs> I know. Right. So yes. this, so, I mean, naturally most people would say, well, never going out again. Not going to do that because that's where I got hurt. You know, we tend to put up walls around the things that hurt us. Yeah. How did you overcome that? 
Um, as soon as I came home from rehab, uh, I started walking again. <laughs> alone? I went, uh, nope, nope, my, I'm not allowed to walk alone. <laughs> well, like I'm saying that jokingly, but my husband is, is very protective of me right now, as you can just of imagine. Course, I'm, I'm allowed to walk around the corner to the coffee shop, but that's about it, Starbucks. <laughs> so I, we started walking again, and we walked uh, the same route, to be honest, and uh, sort of faced it head on. Um, there were even times, uh, some people might think I'm a little nuts, but there were even a couple of times when we walked down into the creek area and looked around and just tried to, tried to absorb uh, what happened and absorb what happened, not like uh, trying to remember it, but I, I was curious if I put myself in that environment, will I remember anything? Um, and, and so far, no, I haven't remembered anything. But we got right back out there and started walking again. And and you know, it's really funny because you know how they say your muscles remember. Mm -hmm. So when when I came home, I, I was a lot thinner, my muscles were weak, like they, they atrophied quite a bit. So I had when in rehab had to uh, regain the ability to walk again, I used a walker for quite a while. Um, anyways, so when we got home and I started walking again, um, I built, slowly built up the muscles. And it's like now my, my, my legs are, are pretty much the way they were before because they remembered what to do, do, you know, as weird as that sounds. And that's kind of the preventative thing. Try and be healthy all along as much as possible so that if, God forbid, something terrible should happen, your muscles remember who you were, you know. So we went right, right back out, walked the exact same route and took the power back. That's incredible. So I watched an interview with you speaking to a reporter and I'm going to paraphrase here, sure. uh, but you said kind of along the lines of, you know, I can walk, I can talk, um, you know, I can speak. It was you were talking about how lucky you were. And yeah. I want to pull in a little bit on the idea of perspective and contrast. I mean, for myself, I have done that a lot in this last year through COVID. And, you know, I continually contrast my life to somebody who maybe have it much worse than me um, because it helps me power through uh, times that are hard. Sure. Did that, is that what, what you were doing there? Do you think that perspective and contrast to where you could have been or how it could have ended up is what helped? Um, definitely. <laughs> you're, you're bang on there because um, there were so many questionable variables. Like when I was brought to the hospital, like I told you, they thought my brain was dead, basically. Um, then um, what kind of brain damage would I have? Um, even though I wasn't a vegetable, would I be cognitively impaired somehow? So there was there was that question. There was um, my, my ribs were fractured. I had multiple rib fractures, a punctured lung. Um, my my uh, my face, my jaw was shattered and broken in two, two spots. I have a lot of nerve damage on my face, even, even right now. Um, but all of these, all of these things, you know, I, as we sit and talk right now, I'm actually okay. You know, like I, I adapted to, to all of these things. And I often think, you know, oh my God, first of all, I could be dead. Second of all, I could be 
brain damage. Third, I could potentially not be able to walk, you know, like, but I'm okay. And, and, and how thankful am I for that? Like, I, I don't even know, like, it's, it's a real um, spiritual consideration almost, you know, like, why, why, uh, how much worse things could be and yet they're not. So I'm very grateful. So it's interesting you brought up spirituality. This is a conversation I have with my person a lot. Okay. Uh, he is a big believer in, you know, a higher power. And I'm sort of, nah, not really. Right. Do you, do you believe there was a higher power looking out for you? Well, so <laughs> it's, this is, it's such a tough question to answer because I had so many, like not even just hundreds, but thousands. And I don't mean to be exaggerating or extreme, but it's true. Um, people praying for me. And I know this happened because I was told. They said, oh, my church prayed for you. My prayer group prayed for you. Like hundreds and hundreds of people that I don't I don't know um, that we're, uh, you know, like say connected to close family or friends, sorry, close friends. Um, and they told them the story about me and then their church prayed for me, you know? So all of these prayers went out and, and positive vibes and stuff. So, you know, there's a side of me that's like, I wonder if that helped. I wonder if that's actually true, you know. Then there's the other side of me because, you know, maybe you've uh, listened to some of my videos about how I was raised in a, in, a, in a religion that was very high controlling. And I separated from that uh, quite a few years ago, but the residual effects of that upbringing stay with me. So I'm very turned off by organized religion and, and those kinds of things. At the same time, I'm not discounting the effect of people coming together and feeling community and bonds and hopefulness and a belief in a higher power. I get it, but I'm, you know, I, I feel I like we're on the same page. I, th I feel okay. like, because I feel an energy, I feel, I feel there's an energy that we yes. emit and we attract and that we are connected. We are all connected somehow. There is definitely an energy. Yes. I just, I'm a little bit unsure as to say if there's one omnipotent power out there sort of pulling all the strings on it, like organized religion would have us believe. I mean, I grew up in a Catholic and I you know, right. went to Catholic school and I am like you, I'm literally just turned off of organized religion uh, and more <laughs> seeking, I guess, the answers through spirituality. So I, I'm, I find it interesting that you... Um, you know, you wonder about that, if the prayers, if the energy being directed your way um, mattered. Well, yes, absolutely. And, and for those that believe in that, I, I respect that they genuinely believe that that helped. Okay, so I'm, I totally respect that. At the same time, um, and I've talked about this before, but while I was spent that week in a coma and was completely unconscious, my husband uh, never left my side. He stayed at the hospital and he he would play music for me and he would read messages uh, to me from people and he would talk to me. And all of this went into my subconscious. 100% I believe that to be true. So even in that respect, there's an energy 
there's, there's something being absorbed in your brain, even when you're not consciously aware, that is protective and can help build you up and lift you up. So if that's a spirituality of some kind, I also believe in that, you know, but the omnis- omnipotent power that, you know, there's, there's too much conflicting uh, things as, well, well, then why did he let it happen to me in the first place? Right. So anyway, so anyone who believes in the power of prayer, I respect that. Anyone who believes in in the power of subconscious and, and you know, those those types of, of I believe in that, too. I think I'm more more lean towards that, to be honest with you. I don't know if that answers the question. No, I, I think there. Well, I don't yeah. know that there's any right answer when it comes to this discussion. And it's nice to just be able to have this discussion without right. conflict, uh, sure. which we see a lot in most things. So um Let's move on then to what you're doing now, because this is really the crux of this, where we've ended up now. So tell people what you're working on. Um, There's there's a couple of things that that I'm working on. I'm well, uh, right before this attack happened to me, I was just finishing. I had just actually submitted my master's thesis uh, to be to be graded and such. And had spent the last year of, of that kind of focused on, on that. So I have a side of me that's in, in academics, in uh, post-secondary education, college instructor. That's actually where I met Leslie Hughes, who I believe you know. Anyway, so I do have some endeavors in that regard. Uh, but on the personal level, as a result of this attack, um, what my husband and I have started is a, a be positive messaging, uh, which I'm focused on, I guess you could say my YouTube channel posting videos about um, how to be positive, how to build resilience. Um, and this is something that's still taking shape. So what my endeavors there um, going forward will be to uh, seek out women who I can interview, who are willing to share their stories of um, adversity that they've gone through and and how they developed resilience. Um, And they don't even have to be major. Like I I said to Leslie, um, they don't have to be like lightning strike kind of adversity, like what happened, happened to me, because everybody's story is valuable. And there's messages in everyone's story that can that can help others. So um, that is the initiative with the YouTube channel to kind of figure out how we can help each other be resilient. And the the be positive messaging um, basically comes from when I went to the hospital and my my husband was asked a, a ton of questions. Uh, you know, what are what's your wife's allergies? What is she uh, what medications is she on and what it's what's her blood type? And he didn't know my blood type and he, he got very emotional because he thought I don't have crucial information that they need and he felt so bad. Anyways, they said not to worry and the nurse came back to him later in the evening and said just to let you know your wife's blood type is b positive and that just <laughs> that just it. made him cry and and it's really sweet because he's a musician and he ended up when we came home and got settled he wrote a song called b positive which he just released so it's it's really quite quite appropriate to have b positive messaging <laughs> Absolutely. And, you know, I, there's a little bit of backlash in the, in the world of positive psychology. You yes. know, there's toxic positivity that we see yeah. and that we talk about a lot. And ha- so how does your messaging differ from that? That's that's really, really good, 
good point because um, my my undergrad is in in psychology, so I, I have a real keen interest in all things psychology, and and I know being positive all the time is like ridiculous. Not everyone can be, I'm not positive all the time. Okay. I'm not, I actually posted a video a few months ago called uh, it's okay to cry where I talk about when I cry and why I cry and it's okay to cry. It's okay to be negative, you know, but as, as a general rule, um, looking for, looking for the light in things, looking for opportunities, you know, to be positive is going to be more protective in a mental health way. But I, I do realize we need to be rational and pragmatic, et cetera, et cetera, about all things. Um, but not to be predominantly a negative person because that doesn't help you. So if you can find ways to be positive, you know, ironically, coincidentally, it worked out perfectly, then, then it will be protective for you. But I'm, I'm not unrealistic. I know sometimes life just sucks. <laughs> yeah. I mean, and let's, but I, don't, I also want to just sort of also say this is not just a protection that be positive messaging that resilience we talk about it's not just protective of mental health it's also protective of physical health there is so much science associated with the damage that stress can do to your physical health uh that it's this is also a very important for just even if you just appreciate having a healthy body to walk around in yeah it's an that's an excellent point too because you know if you're what you fill your mind with you know impacts your your, you know, physical being, right? So even if you find that you're, you know, feeling really, really negative for whatever reason, take take inventory of what you're putting into your mind, because I have to do that on a regular basis too. Um, take inventory of what you're putting into your mouth. Take inventory of what you're doing you know, with your physical being? Are you sitting still in front of a computer all day? Um, those types of, of things. And on top of that, eating high fat, high sugar foods, um, you know, just there's lots of things that we don't even, we're not even consciously aware that we're doing uh, that maybe little habits we can change, but that those things can make us more negative. And I think you're absolutely right. So, you know, being protecting yourself because you're all you have, <laughs> Well, you know, I am positively moved by this discussion. Uh, thank you. I'm just, I'm just honored that you, 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 uh, you came here today and talked to me about this and, and are on the podcast. If people want to connect with you, they want to follow along, where can they find you? By all means, please rhyme off all of the places. Sure. Well, just, just primarily a couple of places, uh, my YouTube channel, and it's just Kimberly Black, and it's Kimberly with an L-E-Y, so you know that. And then I have um, a website, which I'm, you know, slowly filling in details on, and it, that is KimberlyBlack.com. Um, and there I've, I've posted a, um, an initiative that's, that's taking place May 9th, uh, through the Ontario, Ontario Tech University. They initiated a scholarship fund in tribute to my attack, which I'm so incredibly blessed about. So you can find out about that on my, my website. And then if you want to connect with me on so, social media, LinkedIn is, is primarily the, the program that I, the uh, social media platform that I focus on is, is LinkedIn. All right, incredible. Kimberly, thank you again for joining me. This was an absolute pleasure. Oh, you're welcome. Thank you for having me.
Hey listeners, I'm Christy. And I'm Melissa. And this is Buried Motives, where we dig deep into the details of some of the most gruesome dirtbag murderers. She said she enjoyed hurting things that can't fight back. And that is a disturbing view into the mind of a murderer in such a dirtbag. Yeah, that's not even strong enough words. This is totally a recipe for disaster. And not to justify whatever is going to happen, but you can totally understand and see how this would be in the works. If you were only to look at what she did later on and not know any of that history, she would appear like off the wall crazy. Oh, 100%. Because we're not even close to getting to the end yet. But you can just see this pattern and all this kind of stuff developing in her, which is what we're here for. We're digging deep. Join us each Thursday as we unearth the dirt bags that live among us and the motives buried there. Hope you join us as we exhume the truth. Come on a journey like no other, where you will discover many rogues that will lead you to a happier, healthier, and more stress-free life. And the beauty is, you don't need any vacation time for this adventure. The journey will come to you. Join Avery Rich on your very own journey into yoga. Along the way, she will demystify yoga poses and guide you into a yoga posture or short sequence, all in less than 15 minutes. You have nothing to lose but stress. The Journey Into Yoga podcast. It's not for people who like yoga. It's for people who don't like yoga. Follow or subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Amazon Music, or at AveryRich.com. Another Sound Off Media Company podcast.